Hi, this is Walter Montero, and you're listening to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of the Real Estate and Mortgage Show. This week, I've got a special guest by the name of Joe Pinero, and Joe Pinero is the Vice President of Mortgage Alliance Canada. Joe and I have been friends probably since we could barely walk. Anyway, we've been we've lived in the same town pretty much our entire lives, and uh, Joe has been in the mortgage business for quite some time, big uh, participant in the industry, very well known from coast to coast. And I thought I'd invite Joe on to our show because I wanted him to talk to you guys about what's going on in terms of the changes that have happened in the mortgage market. Mortgage market has gone through some big changes since October of last year, 2016. Of course, you know, this new benchmark rate, the mortgage insurers getting out of the uh, refinance business, all that kind of stuff. And uh, quite honestly, it's it's really had an impact, especially on the broker side of the business. It's really what it's doing more than anything else is it's really putting, giving banks uh, almost a uh, an advantage, uh, an unfair advantage over the brokerage community. Not so much in the sense that brokers are not a help to the uh, to the borrower. That's not the case at all. In fact, probably more than ever, mortgage brokers play a bigger role than ever before because mortgages have all of a sudden become very, very complicated. But what has happened here is that the government has kind of snuck in these these little rules in place that have put what we call monoline lenders at a disadvantage. So it's very important that options remain very wide open to the Canadian consumer. And uh, if these options go away, you can be assured that we will see banks take advantage of this of this one up and uh, start really gouging uh, uh, borrowers or Canadian home buyers. So very very important. In in the in the end of the show and actually in the show notes, there is going to be a link where I would direct not only the mortgage brokerage community but John Q Public, you the borrower, you the Canadian home buyer, to go in and air your grievance to your MP about these changes that have happened in the mortgage business because if they don't change, folks, we're in store for paying higher rates down the road and you've got to make it well known to your MP that you're not happy with the way things have changed and uh, we heavily encourage you to go to the site and voice your opinion. So the link will be in the show notes and uh, I hope you take advantage of it. Anyway, Here's the recording of uh, Joe and I's conversation the other day, and I hope you enjoy it. There's lots of talk going on. We've got bankers coming in and out of our, our mortgage meetings. They're going on about different changes that have happened in the industry. Some seem very concerned about it. Some aren't. So in your opinion, or I mean, obviously, what happened? There was rule changes that happened in October. And uh, so what exactly changed? What changed in the industry? Well, I think that the big, the big thing that changed in, in an overall scope is it's made it more challenging for non-bank lenders to really participate to the extent that they did in the mortgage broker channel. So the, the big thing that happened, of course, was the qualifying interest rate went to 4.64, which is basically the posted rate, which made it harder. And this probably affected more first-time home buyers than, than anybody else because all, all of a sudden overnight, what you thought you could qualify for now was reduced by as much as as much as much 20%. And, and the idea of, of these changes was basically to cool what the government perceived as, as a hot a hot real estate market. And they were concerned about the, the acceleration 
of price increases in particular Vancouver and, and Toronto. So the qualifying rates obviously affect the first-time home buyers as well as what products can be insured and which ones can't be insured. And this affects the monoline lenders, those lenders that rely heavily on having their mortgages securitized and insured by CMHC. So securitized meaning having the mortgage insured through one of the insurers like uh, Genworth or CMHC or? Exactly, and through okay. a bulk insurance. And a lot of this comes to the fact that it's the risk and the appetite that the investors have in lending and supplying money to the monoline lenders. And they've always been a huge supply of those monies and it's actually, you know, over the last few years it's increased because of the fact that it was backed by the Canadian government. So it was a great product for a lot of investors to engage in the Canadian housing market, or the housing mortgage sector, and have it fully basically backstopped by the government. And right. that has changed completely now, where yes. the fact that the investors now have to have to look at how much risk they're willing to take when it comes to uh, doing, uh, doing the mortgages in Canada. And it's a challenge for, for the one online lenders. And of course, this isn't a good thing for Canadians because what it really does is create less competition in the market. And when there's less competition, there's less choices for Canadians. And I think that's why a lot of the industry participants are lobbying hard with the government saying, you know, we have to look at sir, what's in the best interest of the Canadian consumer as well. We can't forget about the Canadian consumer and them having access to money and at a, at a very competitive interest rate. So we have to play in that competitive environment. And that's really the message that we're trying to, to let the government know. It's not this, these rule changes without much consultation with the industry participants are affecting the choice that Canadian consumers have when it comes to getting a mortgage. Okay, so basically it didn't just affect, obviously it's not just affecting the lenders or what we call these monoline lenders. And yeah. uh, it's, it's affecting obviously the consumer's choice in terms of what they can get in terms of mortgage products and, and interest rates and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. It just creates a less competitive environment. And I, you know, we can appreciate that the government has a vested interest in the Canadian housing market. But these changes that they've had was intended to cool a very hot market in Vancouver, Toronto, maybe a couple other markets. But the reality is, from what we can see so far, it really hasn't changed the price acceleration in those markets. Yeah. But what it has is affected, it's affected every other Canadian marketplace and every Canadian family that really wasn't subject to you know massive price appreciations in their markets. Mm -hmm. So it's really affected those people. And again, you know, there's always these, and I know this is a word overused a lot, this unintended consequences. And usually it takes several months to really figure out, okay, what was the actual effect of these, of these changes? So in our little world here, and obviously operating in Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo, we haven't really seen a change happening in the marketplace. In fact, if anything, it's still going nuts. You know, almost every offer situation is multiple offer. Properties are selling, you know, anywhere from, you know, five, ten, even as much as 200,000 over list. So, I mean, there's still some crazy things happening. Are you... Like if you guys are looking at, you know, obviously you've got the scope of the entire nation going on. Are you guys seeing an impact on these changes so far? Is it happening in any marketplace? I think what's becoming evident in the Canadian but real estate is that it's a question of supply and demand more than it is insurance rules. And I think what's driving the prices up is that. And we're seeing that in markets across Canada, except maybe there, there's a few markets. I heard I was in Ottawa last week and uh, Ottawa seems to be, you know, a lot of still a healthy supply which has an effect on prices. So it started to seem obvious that it's it's a supply and demand problem. There's people that still want to live in Toronto and Vancouver and Golden Horseshoe, Cambridge, Kitchener, Waterloo. So that's driving up the prices. You know, there's alternative financing and so forth. And I think if people want to buy a home, there's going to be ways for them to get into a home. Yeah, that's, I, that's what I'm finding very interesting is, you know, obviously, you know, I don't know where this additional money is coming from, but it certainly is coming to the table. I mean, even just from a conventional perspective. 
What I am noticing, however, though, is a lot of these, you know, so-called B lenders and and uh, alternative lenders, they're rubbing their hands together. I mean, they love these changes because all of a sudden, you know, they they come, you know, from a very small portion of the marketplace to being really, from what I can see, almost a major contender. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that, and I think it speaks to to the demand that people have for mortgages and housing. And even though the rates might be a little bit higher and so forth, the solutions that, that are available to them to allow them to get into the housing, the housing market. And a lot of the, like, of course, these changes really affect those people that have to be involved in either supplying money that has to be securitized through CMHC mm-hmm. or those that look at the bio home and need, need assistance of you know, CMHC or the other two default insurance companies. Somebody buying a conventional mortgage 35% down, 40% down, doesn't really affect them a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And I think those people are the ones that tend to drive the prices higher because they're going in and buying homes to $200,000 more than maybe less because they still see value based on the supply and demand. And the mortgage isn't a huge concern for them because they're going in conventional and there's options and opportunities for them to, to get that mortgage. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, as a devil's advocate, if you were to look at this and say, okay, yeah, we get it. You know, the mortgage industry is obviously taking a hit. You know, the consumer is somewhat being, you know, obviously taking a hit. But at the same time, you could look at it and say, well, you know, the government is protecting protecting them from themselves. You know, as a taxpayer, can I look at it and say, hey, listen, you know, these monoline lenders, they obviously don't have you know the the cash flow that a that a bank has. Why should I, as a taxpayer, put my money on the line? Because really, in the grand scheme of things, that's what CMHC is doing: is putting mm-hmm. the taxpayers' money on the line and saying, "Hey, you know, that's too bad. You guys don't have the money to play. Get out of the game." So, what's your take on that? And, and I can definitely appreciate the government stances. The government, of course, wants to protect us from ourselves. They they want a nice, healthy housing market, and the Canadian government is extremely vested in the strength and the quality of our, our, of our housing market. So the, the first priority of the government, of course, is to look after the best interests of all, of all Canadians. Mm-hmm. Okay? But, but in, and I think they're, obviously that's, that's their attempt. I don't think they're trying to hurt anybody, obviously. That, that's what their, I think their goal is. But, the, but I think the fact of the matter is by doing these changes, it, it hasn't really affected housing prices like it intended to do. But I think it's it's a disadvantage those younger couples or those first-time home buyers getting into the marketplace somewhat unfairly. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the the Canadian government also needs a nice, healthy real estate mortgage housing market as well. So it's always trying to balance what's in the best interest of the Canadian taxpayers, you know, as well as what's in the best industry of uh, the housing sector, because it does employ a whole bunch of people and provides a lot of value to to a lot of people, which is of course of importance to the government as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, these changes, obviously, we're talking a little bit about, or we're talking about the the purchase end of things. The refinance end is what I find very interesting because, obviously, you know, CMHC has gotten out of the refinance business altogether. So, can you speak a little bit about that in terms of, you know, what that's doing? Yeah, I I think, first of all, um, CMHC's mandate, you know, when it first started in in 1946 was, was to house Canadians. It was to help people get into a home ownership, especially, you know, during the wartime years, Canadian, Canadians experience, a lot of people get into a home time, get into a home ownership sooner, put that stake in the ground and so forth. Its intended purpose, I don't think it was ever to help people use their homes as a way to pay off credit cards and so forth. You know, by, by, by insuring mortgages over 80% of the loan of value, I don't think that was the real intention of what CMG was was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So for them to get out of the market, and it kind of illustrates to me as well is that the government doesn't want to limit its, its exposure to the Canadian housing market and to the Canadians, the debt that Canadians have. And one way to kind of limit the exposure is to get out of one sector of the business that maybe wasn't really the intended uh, 
purpose of CMC to start off with, which is the refinance business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so do, you, do you ever see that coming back? Well, I think it's going to come back probably in, in, in different forms and so forth, and maybe the other insurers. And I think that like the, the rest of the world looks at Canada as a real uh, safe environment to do business, you know, for, for, for obviously a variety of different reasons. So I think there's going to be more interesting players maybe coming to our mortgage space in Canada once they once the dust settles settles a little bit and look at the opportunity that exists in a really good economy, uh, a good market. Mm -hmm. But I think the rules are going to keep on. The rules have changed. I think they're going to keep on evolving. But there's always going to be people that see this country as opportunity to do products like that. It's just we have to wait and see. And a lot of it, of course, comes right back to the to the investor's appetite. So if there's an appetite, there'll be products. So until until we really see any impact, there's probably not going to be a whole lot going on here. No, I think there'll be there'll be a little bit of adjustments and changes over. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see more um, incentives come up for first-time home buyers and things like things like that, because that that is a large driving force of, of the housing market in Canada. Mm -hmm. I think there's also has to be changes as far as um, new builds and so forth, because I think there's a supply problem. I think they have to finally address the concern that we have a supply problem and demographics are changing. Now, unfortunately, those type of changes take months and years to really kind of develop and put themselves into the system. But I think that has to happen in the Canadian marketplace. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So what's the brokerage community doing in terms of addressing these issues? Obviously, we, we see them obviously lobbying the government in terms of mm -hmm. you know putting up some sort of resistance. What do they want to see changed? You know, what are they being so vocal about in terms of pressuring the government to change their minds? I, I think the, the biggest argument that they have is that these rule changes have created a disadvantage for a lot of lenders that deal specifically in the broker channel that are able to provide choice and products to the industry that, that wasn't that, that, that is good for the good for the Canadian consumer. So I think the best thing that, that we can do as far as lobbying the government is make the government aware that that we have to create an environment, a competitive environment, where you know the, the big five banks don't have a, a competitive edge over over the rest of the monoline lenders. Because more competition is, is more choice, and that's only going to benefit the Canadian consumer. And that's yeah, for, really for sure. The change, change the rules so this way we can allow the monoline lenders and their investors to feel comfortable and coming back into the space. Maybe not to the extent that they were, but to a much greater extent than they now find themselves in. You and I have both been in the business for a long time. And, uh, you know, I remember back before, you know, brokers had any real presence in the marketplace, you went to the bank and the rate that you got was the rate that was on the board outside the bank. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, and, and I think now that the banks, and we've experienced this with, with one of the other large banks, if they have leverage in the space, well, they're going to take advantage of that le leverage. Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And let's face it, you know, the, the banks do a great job serving Canadians, but a, a, as you mentioned, a lot of these products and rates that the brokers community had kind of forced the, the big banks as well to be more competitive. So we need this, this checks and balances in place, you know, and again, that that's only going to be a benefit to the consumer if, if that's in place. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I, one thing I've always struggled with, especially with these, you know, discounted rates, it almost seems, you know, people expect, when they go to a lender or a monoline or wherever they go for a mortgage to get the discounted rate. So what kind of bugs me is the actual existence of a posted rate. So mm -hmm. if, if nobody's charging the posted rate, why does it exist? And you and I know both, both know it exists because, you know, obviously when somebody tries to exit a mortgage, all of a sudden mm -hmm. the posted, posted rates rear their ugly head. So Absolutely. is there a way where is anybody in the brokerage community making the government 
aware that, hey, you know, these posted rates, really, there's a shell game going on here. And mm -hmm. even though nobody's charging them, they are all of a sudden charging them if somebody wants to get out of a mortgage. Yeah, and, and that's really the service that a mortgage broker brings to the transaction is to discuss these things. Right now, the uh, latest statistics, the average person breaks their mortgage after 38 months. Mm -hmm. So very, like, and I think it's like 70% or something like that actually break their mortgage in, within the first five years, and that, that month happens to be that, that 38. And that's and on right, an average. Wow. And that's, and that's a, a really important discussion to have with a client today when they get their mortgage, is what happens if you want to break your mortgage? What happens to the options? So if the rate is the same, or even if the rate sometimes, in some cases, might be even a little bit higher in the broker side, because of the chance, it's almost like paying for that insurance, because your penalty could be, you know, could be either 4000 on the broker side, or it could be 17000 if you're going to a bank. And we both experience that. And then, yeah. of course, the shot comes up. And that's why, you know, obviously there's the posted rate. So it's not about the rate. You know, variable rate mortgages, some are compounded monthly, some are compounded uh, daily, I'm uh, sorry, uh, semi-annually. All, all this stuff matters. With, with the most brokers basically get focused, I'm sorry, more brokers and as well as customers get focused on that interest rate where there's so much more variables to a mortgage. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so what can, what can somebody do? Or, you know, obviously the broker, the brokerage community is obviously doing everything in their power to, you know, let the government know of their discontent of the changes. What can John Q. Public do? That's a great point. There is uh, Mortgage Professionals Canada, which is the National Association, mm -hmm. uh, where they're, they're taking a lead on, on lobbying uh, the government. And there's going to be communication going out, like, to, to, to brokers right across Canada, where it allows them to go to a website and actually, like, direct a letter to, to the MP and, and tell your local MP that housing matters in your community and having access to all the products and choices uh, benefits them as the consumer. You know, and again, keep in mind, we understand the government's concern, but I think the government has to work more closely with associations like Mortgage Professionals Canada and delivering that message that you know, we represent the best interests of the Canadian consumer in the mortgage market, and our voices need to be heard, and, uh, and hopefully they, they, and I think they will. I think they'll listen to some of the recommendations and I think there will be some tweaking along the line because I think it just makes sense. Okay. So where can, where can somebody, uh, what's, do you know the name of the website or? Yeah, it's uh, Mortgage Pros Canada. Mortgage Pros Canada. Okay. Yeah, okay. Perfect. So if somebody goes on there, they can be guided into how to go about uh, expressing their discontent of what's going on. Yeah, okay. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Okay. I mean, hey, we can do what we can do. I mean, obviously, you know, the market's still pretty nuts. It's going to be interesting to see how things unfold. Yeah, I, I yeah. hope it falls out okay. Yeah, but more now than ever, like, Canadians have to sit with the mortgage broker and really understand the options and the choices and the products and, and how all these mortgage rules uh, affect them, more now than ever before. And you've seen, we've both seen the rate sheets as if it's a, you know, if you look like this and it's on a Tuesday and it's this and this and this, you get this rate. It's just, it's and it's all based. It's it's never it's never been like this before. It's incredible. But, I I know with Ka with Karen, she's got yeah. Karen, of course, uh, being my wife. She has a sixteen question interview process, so to speak, to right. make sure that she's really clear on people's goals and objectives when they enter into a mortgage. Because right. if any one of those things, like an early exit, or you know, not needing you know the ability to get out of it early, or you know, and there's a whole bunch of others. Uh, she needs right. to know up front so they can be clear on, on what they're getting themselves into. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. So like I said, more now, now than ever, that's for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's great, buddy. I, uh, I'll uh, certainly communicate this out to our group. Uh, we we've been hearing a lot of it on the uh, the different podcasts that are going around and uh, just the different websites. A lot of people expressing concern. So I appreciate your time. 
Okay. Thank you, Walter. It's always a pleasure. Okay, buddy. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Real Estate Mortgage Show. If you have any real estate questions, please direct them to me at 519-624-9222 or walter at MaximumResults.ca or you can find me online at www.CambridgeHouses.com. If your interests are in mortgages, please feel free to call 519-624-9222 or email Karen at Karen at MaximumResults.ca or you can find her online at www.m as in Mary, r as in Roger, financial.ca. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you have a great week.